0: And we're going to do this thing. I'm excited. I can't wait to introduce the guest to you all today. It's one of those things where uh, if I hadn't hit the record button, we definitely would have continued chatting about this really cool stuff, scotch, cigars, podcasts, all <laughs> sorts of good stuff. And um, you kn- you wouldn't have been along for the ride. So I needed to make sure we did that. So who yeah. is this person I'm going to talk to? Man, he's an entrepreneur. He's an entrepreneur. He- he's a podcaster. Uh, he's a sales expert he and he's a hustler and he's got this podcast called Selling Sass, and he's the chief everything officer at Selling Sass. <laughs> Dwayne DeFault, welcome sir.
1: Uh Casey, I love the intro man. I really appreciate it. Makes it sound a lot more than what I actually am. Uh but I'm happy to be here and excited it'll be a little bit different of a podcast cuz normally when I'm on podcast it's all you know, scaling revenue strategies and building startups, and you know, uh, training salespeople. So it'll be good to kind of talk about the back end of everything and kind of like how how the podcast works and different things that we've done and uh, that whole process. So it'll be, it'll be pretty interesting to kind of make that transition today.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a fun you know sidestep to be able to talk about this craft that we both love and yeah, and you've got a great setup. You've got the background. We've talked about. Uh, the the fun exhaust fan and all sorts of things you got in your (laughs) studio to really make it a comfortable and cool spot. So let me start out by asking you the question. We start all of our episodes with Dwayne, pull back the curtain for us on your show and share Mm. your most important strategy for a great interview podcast.
1: Uh, I would say you got to be curious and trust your gut in the conversation. The You can have the coolest tool in the world to host it and schedule it. You can have all the uh, tracking analytics of, oh, downloads, times, and all that stuff. It all comes down to the conversation. Like if you, can't, if you can't genuinely be interested in the other person you're talking to, and if you can't hold a conversation, no one's going to keep listening to it. And the more you can accept that and uh, like I said, have that genuine curiosity and have a real conversation with people and kind of forget that you're recording for an audience and just have that one interaction with that one person, uh, you can, you can really tell the difference in, it's just like, we were, we we're joking about, um, the Joe Rogan podcast. The, one of the reasons why I feel that he, his podcast is so successful is because he started his career as a comedian on on improv. And so he he has perfected the, and then, and then, and then type of thing to have conversations just continue to go. Uh, and so I think if you can if you can go into these recordings or these podcasts, whatever you want to call them, and just be genuinely interested in another person and just kind of eliminate everything else, then you people can be a part of that conversation rather than you presenting something to the audience. I would say, for me, the thing I like most about it, and I think that makes any podcast successful, is just that level of curiosity and being able to be in the moment with whoever you're talking to. Yeah. In the moment, not distracted, Yeah,
0: not checking your email, not just out in la-la land, your yeah. phone, wipes texting. Like, There's all sorts of distractions around us and you got to be in. So I got to be honest. I, I, So I have a marketing podcast. You got the yeah. Selling SaaS podcast. The other day I was doing an episode and we were talking about some of the same marketing things we always talk about. And <laughs> I was really challenged- <laughs> stay in. Have you, have you experienced that? And how do you fight that?
1: Stay, like, what do you mean by stay in?
0: It, it was stuff I already knew. So I wasn't genuinely curious because no. I already knew the shit, you know? And it was like, yeah. and maybe the people listening didn't. So that was my one hope was maybe people listening don't know this stuff yet and they need to know this, but... Man. that. You know, it's I, nothing new to me right
1: now. No, oh, you, that's such a good topic. And even if you don't have a podcast and you're listening to this and you're in sales or marketing, that is the difference between people who, I would say like successful sales reps and people who just barely make the mark, is they assume that their knowledge is the same as theirs or that they don't have anything different. And even though, let's say you, met, you both memorize every word in a book. Cool. That book may be different, but that person's perception or their interaction with the book could be different. And so, instead, like, because I run into the same thing, I talk with sales managers, I talk to marketing people all the time. uh, And it took me a while to kind of get into that too. Mm. Uh, And if you go back to the original episodes of Selling SaaS, the more long format ones, I was talking to other sales managers. It was only sales managers because it was called the Sales Leader Network long format stuff. But getting into it, listening back, like I can hear that to where I wasn't. I was just waiting for the next question, because they're sales managers, and I've been in it. I know what they're doing, and it, so it took me a minute to get through that kind of that that wall of I know what you're talking about. I know what you're talking about, and so I, it's it's um, the way I keep myself interested. I mean, that's what it's all. About. It's like you it can't be <laughs> genuinely like as if I'm interested in the conversation is. Uh, is understanding their interaction with the information, like how they've, like, if if they, okay, maybe they measure the uh, marketing funnel the exact same way. They went to, they've read the same books, same articles, they listen to the same podcast, they have the same concept or, or practice inside of their marketing profession. But like, what are the struggles they have with X part of that? Like, how did mm. they get to that point? And so it's almost like understanding the miniature origin stories of their experience rather than just getting the high level tactical stuff. Uh, because then 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 I feel like the curiosity side of our, our subconscious kicks in because then it's something new, it's something novel rather than everyone has the same definition of MQL. Right. Uh but that's, same. that's yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Hey, hey you need to follow up on your lead, on your sales leads. Yeah. You know, yeah. like, don't forget know to that. log it in your CRM. Like yep. how many times are you going to hear that? Yeah. But what and, I'm getting from you is like what's the context from that person saying that what led them to be so emphatic about that thing? Mm -hmm. Is is there a story behind it Mm -hmm. and do they have a unique perspective on it?
1: Yeah. It's one of the things I coach sales reps on uh, is uh, assumptions and teaching them the difference between the knowledge they have about their product and the perceptions from their prospect that they need to unpack. like, Yes. If if you've got a sales team and a product or whatever, and your go-to-market is so vertically specialized that you can get the same type of customer every single time, and your sales rep talks to hundreds of them a month, and it could be the same problem, the same use case, the same revenue, everything. And it could be textbook. And it's really easy for a sales rep to just jump past all those things. Yeah. But you when you do that, you insert your own opinion, your own experience into their world, and you're not able to actually get to the emotional connection that they have to the solution that you're providing. And so you have to really, really remove yourself from that. Like I was literally crazy. I was just uh, reshooting part of a course uh, for a demo series that I'm doing. And literally part of it was not inserting assumptions where you have to go and remove yourself from that. It's almost like check all of your knowledge at the door and ask about their experiences. But yeah, it's, it's, it's tough. Sometimes when you're, feel, it feels like you're talking to the mirror and you can almost predict what they're going to say, finish each other's sentences. Um, But it's all about getting their experience, getting their perspective, how they interacted with it. You know, what was their process for getting to that point of knowledge or whatever it is. And so if you're in that situation where you're talking to someone that's very similar to you, it's what was their experience getting to that point. Because uh, ninety nine percent of the time is going to be vastly different. And there's going to be something cool you can talk about from there. Hopefully, hopefully that makes sense and it's easy to have everyone to understand. Because that could be a hard transition to go from tactical questions to you know personal experience questions. Some sometimes it makes people uncomfortable. Uh, but that that's that's how I typically get through. Is just ask about people's experience with that thing, um, and then most of the time they open up more because then you give you've give you've kind of like subconsciously given them permission to be more of themselves mm-hmm. rather than hopefully answering a question a specific way that you hoped for. So yeah, it's it's kind of weird to think about it that way, but the more you can get to the person behind the specific topic, the better the conversation usually is.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I've always enjoyed halfway through that marketing show, probably oh, mm-hmm. marketing sales show, <laughs> you know, fast forward, we'll have to have you on there and <laughs> and I will practice these techniques with you. Uh, but the, the idea of, of fast forward and, and on that show, one of my favorite parts about that show is about halfway. I'm like, who are you? Take me <laughs> back in time, you know, and we sort of walk into how yeah. they got into being a sales leader, marketing leader, you know, famous entrepreneur. Yeah. And I always find that way more fascinating because I think on the tactical side, I've and I, I kind of joke like I've actually heard everything I need to know about marketing, like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> 300 plus episodes, I got it all, folks. Yeah, I, I'm good. Check, retire. But but what I don't know mm-hmm. is exactly what you talk you're talking about, which is yeah, the context for this. Where did that perspective come from? Yeah, how did they end up with this? And, and perhaps there are some learning lessons in even how they got to this information. Yeah. So so no assumptions. I love that. It's really in, powerful
1: and like just thinking about what you're saying there when when you give so here's the the funny thing about social media and all that stuff everyone always hears the result when when you talk to people about their journey or their story or their experience it gives people insights as to like what it actually took to get to that level of call it expertise and a lot of times it ends up being more relatable to the audience because they're probably in the middle of that stage where they're like, oh, on, on a scale of one to 10, the person you're talking to could be a nine or a 10 out of 10 based on marketing experience. But maybe parts of the audience are at a three or four, they're early stage. Maybe they're a marketing associate and they're like, oh my gosh, like this person's so good at this. And they think like, oh, they, they probably never had to do X. They never had to you know, argue with a CEO about using this type of language on a social media post and like having to, you know, slap his hand for going in late on a Saturday night and putting money into Google. Like, you know, cause that that shit happens. But I think if you, if you bring up that, Path that they took to it's it's probably it may resonate with other people to kind of bring them into the conversation more and that that's just I think that a little assumption of a mind that may work but just from like my perspective when I'm listening to um there's a couple shows like the Saster podcast that's a good one mm-hmm. about you know software companies or there's other like revenue specific or sales specific companies when when they bring on people that I follow or that I've kind of taken similar steps and they talk about their early days getting to the point where they're at. And I'm like, Oh, I, I just went through that. And it it kind of pulls me in a little Mm. bit more. Uh, so that's, that's kind of, that's, that's what I think about. And, uh, in those types of conversations, especially when it's like one, one one-to-one or like for like scenario where it's like, what am, what am I going to get from this? It's what can I learn from their journey or their experience up to that point?
0: Right. And, th- and there's still something to learn from that journey. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned the audience who may be that three or four, they may be more junior. Mm-hmm. Here's a conflict for you. You're, you're clearly, you're, I introduced, I just say wizard, you're like up here expert, right? Like you're, <laughs> now, to keep you curious, you're asking yeah. expert level questions mm-hmm. that maybe your audience isn't there yet, or maybe they yeah. are. How do you balance that? Do you play to the audience more than yourself or yourself more than the audience? How do you rectify that?
1: Uh I don't I don't know. I, I I try to go off of what um the flow of the conversation, like and that's there's an asterisk on that because the conversation could die off after a topic. So you have to do uh, a little bit of prep work, right? Like you've got to come in prepared. You gotta like if if your guest has been on other shows, if they have a social media presence, if they've done things with other businesses, like do some research, have some context that you can ask them questions on that. You don't want to come in with a blank sheet. You don't want to, you don't want to come in with, you know, the, the hundred percent wing it type of mentality and not have anything prepared. So you want to know a little bit about them. So you can ask it, like questions that are going to elicit a response, not yeah. just, How's your life been with marketing? You know, I what school did you go to? Like people care, but they don't care. So I would right. say have some things prepared. Go find out who they are, if they've been on other shows, if they've done some social media stuff, if they have a blog somewhere, go and find some things that are interesting. And if you feel the conversation is kind of going in a different direction, ask one of those questions. I mean, that's mm-hmm. Uh, I was just listening to a Joe Rogan podcast uh, with Neil deGrasse Tyson, actually, uh, yeah, early, really earlier fun. this week, and you could see that Neil, uh, uh, Mister Tyson, or whatever you want to call him, that sounds weird because like Mike's Tyson, but the he was going off on a tangent about a, a telescope, and you can just like hear that uh, Joe Rogan like wasn't super super interested in it, but then he was able to just ask a different question about something he knew from Neil deGrasse Tyson, and so. It, 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 prepare for those things. Like mm-hmm. the, the old saying is you're always preparing whether you like it or not. The difference is whether you actually put an effort to prepare or you just plan on failing. So it's, if you go into those shows with a little bit of preparation, understand who you're talking to, take some notes, could be three or four, you can call them emergency questions to where if the conversation's dying off, you can ask about it. That way you have a way to bring the conversation back up. It's a point of interest for that person um, and it could stem a whole nother topic. But yeah, it, it is. it is a very hard thing to balance of I'm talking to a CRO versus I'm talking to an account executive and kind of bridging the gap there, especially if you run a podcast, that's an entrepreneurial podcast, or if it's like a management podcast, the topics could range so widely that you could lose parts of your audience just by having one guest from this particular uh, um, industry on there. And so it's, it's tough though. Like if you, if you have a theme for your podcast, like, try to keep your questions around that if you can, but if you've got someone who's just not engaging maybe in the podcast short, you know if you've got a forty five minute long podcast or something and they're only they're only there, you can only get them for a good twenty or thirty minutes, you don't have to post every show you record like just being honest like if you got a if you got an episode, do tell man, spill the tea you got yeah, some like,
0: un unreleased episodes
1: yeah <laughs> i've uh, it's. You know you you think you're prepared going into shows. You think you're ready to go. You've got all the notes. you've got all the things. and and by the way, most of the time, at least from the shows that I've done and have been guests on, ninety percent of the notes that I take or prep go out the window. It's rare that I actually go through the bulleted list. Just want to make sure I'm prepared. but there's there's times where you get into it and maybe you didn't do a prep call and you jump right into it because, you want the conversation to be a little more raw or whatever, but yeah. then you realize like this person's dry as hell, or we just our our sense of humor is don't align up, or we have such opposing views on the topic that it's just like this weird tense conversation. Can it? Who cares? If you get a soundbite from it, cool. But it's okay. I've I've had two of those where uh, I talked to a sales manager from a completely different industry. Um, they they sold. Uh, not restaurant equipment, but they sold um, c- they sold the catering companies, and they were talking about a certain strategy that I'm just like I um, can't really get on board with that. <laughs> like, I feel like that's slimy. I feel like that's unnecessary and casting the poor image. And you know, I didn't tell him that on on the uh, on the podcast itself, uh, but it was like you could tell I could hear and see on the other end that he just wasn't. He wasn't happy to be there, and so I just kind of read the room, and I was like, "Hey man, you know, like this isn't going as well as I thought it was. Like, h- how are you feeling about it?" Because um, I ended the recording and then asked him that question. He was like, "Yeah, I thought this, you know, this 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 feels like a waste of time." And I was like, "Hey man, like no no harm no foul. It's just wow. it's just call it call it quits, and we just won't post it." And he's like, "Yeah." He's like, "That sounds fair," and just like jumped off the call. And so it's um, it's okay. Like you're not gonna not every every swing at the plate is gonna connect, and you have to be okay with that. But on the other side of things, if you're if you're recording weekly and you release weekly, and you're kind of backed up, it's like living paycheck to paycheck. If it, if you're living if you're releasing recording <laughs> to recording, uh, you're kind of screwed. So yeah. it's it's a balance, right? Like if you get into a conversation and it's not going well, uh, it's okay to say no. It's okay to take it. I've been on a re- I've been a guest on a podcast, and the host was like, "Hey, let's start over." <laughs> I, i'm not kidding um because if you can't tell i talk a lot and we just got off on this tangent and it was uh it was a podcast that was meant to be like super super tactical with like oh, yeah, bulleted yeah. things and it wasn't about these long drawn-out stories and he just like all of a sudden i see the recording stop and he's like hey i had to stop you we know on seven minutes around this topic i was like oh my bad uh luckily i'm receptive and coachable with that stuff some people aren't but again it's it's okay not going to be perfect understand that shit's going to happen things aren't things are going to fail your mics are going to fail your camera your lighting your lighting will fall over at some point if you don't have it now <laughs> like i i have a light box um to the right of me this direction whatever way the video is um and Do you know this, what kind uh, it is uh i'll show you yeah so let me move the mic out of the way so this it's actually a so it's a Dasne off-brand LED box set that comes with a remote that mounts to the desk. Um, so they're really cool. they were like $200 on Amazon. I got them three years ago and they're, they're really slick. They don't change colors, but they'll change color temperature. And Mm -hmm. also, um, how much light, like your intensity. So like zero to a hundred. And so you can change them. You can put them on different channels and stuff, but it's, it's still kind of harsh. So I put a, um, diffuser box on one of them. So I'll show you in in the video. So if you're watching on the video, this is a diffuser box nice it's uh and so what it does is it allows it to distribute the light evenly uh across the face or yourself or whatever and the other one without that box it's just a square led panel uh but i've had that fall because that light is meant to go on a different mount which has a clip for the desk and so it clips to the side of it so if you have a sit-stand desk like i do all of your equipment will go up and down with you, so you don't have to move shit around that's every great. time. Yeah, yeah, it's. Yeah. I, I would. That's one of the things. Like, I have a, a huge desk, um. But yeah, the lights, things will happen. Your equipment's going to fail. You're going to get kicked out of Zoom. Your computer is going to want to restart. Uh, and so, don't run yourself ragged and right up to the wire with things. Be diligent about prep work and making sure your equipment's working, and use it regularly. So if you're on Zoom calls all the time. One of the things I do, this is where I work. Like this, mm. not only is my recording studio, but this is where I, I work. I run my business from this chair. So I, I did, um, when we went in quarantine, I basically was like, I, I can't bounce back and forth between things. I got to do it at home. So I just made my office, my studio. So I, I literally, my walls um, are, I've turned the camera around, but it's mounted, uh, are lined with acoustic panels from a company called nice. Acoustomatic. Sure. They have uh, Owens 703 or, or Owens Corning 703, um, two and four inch panel. So it's rigid insulation. It's really great. Uh, blocks all the noise. But things are going to happen and stressing out over those things and, and not doing the work to make sure things go smoothly while you're recording uh, is paramount. It's, it helps set yeah. a solid foundation so you can focus on the guests when you're in there. And I've had it happen. Plenty. I had a mic fail. I used to have the, um, uh, I'm I'm operating on the Shure MV7 right now, the USB version of it, which it has the XLR, it's the dual one. So I can, if I ever feel like doing unnecessary work with XLR cables, I can, (laughs) 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 Uh, but I had the um, Blue Yeti mic. I had the Blue Yeti before that, and that was totally unintentional. It was when we went to quarantine, I had no experience with mics like that. The only mics I knew of were like the Logitech headset things for call mm-hmm. centers. Same. And uh, I was like wanting to do it on a budget. So I found that mic on Facebook marketplace for 50 bucks. I had no idea it was halfway decent mic. And I had that up until maybe six months ago. Not, not going to lie, I had it for a long time. And then I finally uh, got one of these things and it's very, very versatile, which is nice. I just don't like the Shure emblem on the side, but it's whatever. Good.
0: Constant <laughs> ad that they don't have to pay for exactly. I'm gonna, I'm gonna like paint it and then put my logo right there. Should paint it or put, put your sticker right on top, man. Selling sass, yeah. yeah. Actually, if it says selling sass right there, that'd be pretty sick,
1: yeah, yeah. Was, my, my wife, um, she doesn't do it on Etsy, but she's got one of those little cricket things where she cuts out vinyl, she makes shirts and all. So, we got four kids, so she's always, oh, hell yeah, and, yeah. And so, I was like, she made me some um vinyl stickers of my of my logo actually uh, for my birthday a few months ago what do i have any more but yeah it's like little things Did she do
0: that does she have a website
1: no and i asked her i was like hey do you want to do this she's like no i don't want to like have an obligation i was like mm, okay totally get it my,
0: my wife loves to crochet right yeah really helpful when you have no hair and you would like a hat yeah. Hey, there's there's a hat that can instantly happen mm-hmm. um and she figured out how to make some like Princess Leia hats mm. and some all sorts of really funky, cool, uh, like cool. a redhead hair hat. Really fun stuff. And she actually, you know, made a little Etsy shop and that was cool. Yeah. And then Star Wars came out with a new movie. And huh. then the whole internet wanted those hats. Oh, she was yes. like, I got to close this thing down, man. <laughs> I'm not going to make 30 a day. Can- princess leia hats right it's like i'm not she's like i just do this for fun so I totally get charge more Otherwise, for it when the demand's high you can control the pricing I, and hey, then, dude i was trying to i was trying to say that I'm like, hey just make those hats cost 300 bucks yeah it
1: like, oh, doesn't sound no hate someone will want it, they really want it. Buy it. <laughs> and you can go get it registered with uh, yeah. uh disney now that they own star wars and then you can register each hat and then charge it even more like it's crazy i was trying to get my wife to do similar stuff when she used to be a fitness coach and personal trainer years oh, ago cool and i was like her business manager i was trying to because all she wanted to do was just like train people and show up and um like i was creating ads like i was filming her like in the gym training people and she didn't know i was and i would turn that into like a facebook ad and like drive traffic and she's like why are all these people messaging me and like i don't have time for all this i'm like it's because i'm building your business like i didn't want to do that i just wanted to train like a small amount of people like three couple people yeah, yeah she's like i like small group and i was like okay fine i was like do your own thing so i like shut the whole thing down but yeah i looked at her when she started making those i was like do you want to do you want to do this you make some money with it she's like no don't she's like don't even start i'm like okay see now if you ever get
0: mad at her yeah the punishment is and you send her a bunch of traffic right yeah like, <laughs> <laughs> like i see i, I thought about that this. this never happened i never had the opportunity yeah but, you know had it been like you know we're kind of having a little fight or something. I would just go create a little Facebook ad and spend three hundred bucks on it, driving traffic to Etsy right. site. Right? You know? <laughs> hey, baby, you have fifty hats, right? Like, good luck, have fun. <laughs> I'll see you. I'll see you later. I got out with the boys tonight. Right? Uh, um, that'll be that'll be hilarious. So y- you mentioned prep a couple times. Yeah. and Preparing, preparing for the disaster, preparing for the guest. Mm-hmm. Could you talk to us about your, your prep rituals? What do you do on your own? Do you do any prep with the guests?
1: Um, yeah. So I'm not super strict about it, but I at least make sure I do a couple of things. One, I I absolutely make sure I go and look them up. I see what they've done, uh, what their work history is just because my podcast is selling SaaS talks about um, all go-to-market strategies and stuff. So I, I make sure that I know what their background is ahead of time, so I can ask them specific questions. Um, and if they've and I try to find them if they've been a guest on any other show, so I can hear them beforehand, so I understand their tonality, uh, their cadence, how how they speak. Which you know, kind of repeated myself there, but it's important to just get some perspective on your guest yeah. to understand what their outlook is on things and and potentially stay away from certain topics. Like if they are passionate about something. And you don't know that, and you ask questions on it. It almost always derails the conversation. So I'm always always trying to find out like where are the potential red flags um, that I don't want to go down because as as much as negative news goes viral, it's really not great when it's just you and that person on the call. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's just figure out like what their history is and if they've been on any other shows, um, and then always give yourself a few minutes before the show starts to turn everything on. If you need to run an update on your computer, just do it really quickly. So things don't shut down, make sure your mic is plugged in. You've got audio. Um, I literally made that mistake the other day. I was in, like, I was mentioned a second ago. I'm re- I'm recording a bunch of new stuff for some online course content. And I also have a lav mic. So it's a lavalier mic that, that sits on your collar. Um, mm. And I have a wireless one. It's the road wireless go. And I've got that plugged in so I can move around and all that stuff. And I didn't switch the inputs on my mic when I went to go record the next video, and so it was like i cause I can hear myself in my mic yeah. it's, it you could, it's a playback I don't know how people don't do that or they can't hear themselves um it's just a weird thing that I do, so I know if I'm yelling too loud or something, but yeah, monitoring's great, right yeah, yeah, so that's a, that's a good way to look work. at it. yeah is
0: your is your mouth near your mic the right way, Are yeah. You- blowing it
1: up are you too quiet yeah plosives are are there things in the background that's picking it up so you can is your gain set too high on the mic or something um but what happened was i didn't i can i can hear myself because i monitor it so i can hear myself in the mic but i never switch the inputs on my computer on which mic to use as the primary so i i did like a 15 minute recording session and i can hear myself so i'm thinking i'm good to go and then i go and listen to the playback efforts on processing zero and i'm like oh so it's like no zero wasn't even like faint nothing just zero zero and oh, I was like oh, oh shit so I, I it's paramount that you have some type of checklist for your equipment before you hit record um so it's a little bit of research to understand the background uh either work history or if they're doing other shows and then making sure your equipment's set up so you don't have those technical failures uh it, one of the main reasons is you want to you want it to be a good experience for the guest right yeah. it's uh, be a good host like literally be a good host and yeah. then um Depending on your show, like if it's a short form or long form or the topic, try to have either a strategy or prep call before getting into it. Kind of like what we did. We had 30, 45 minute session. We were just kind of going on and on, getting to know each other. Um, So either do that before the conversation uh, or allow for 10, 15 minutes before you start recording. Like, okay. Because when you're listening to podcasts where they don't do that, you can almost always tell the first 15 to 20 minutes of the podcast are just like mind numbingly boring, or there's like that weird tension that they aren't clicking, where it feels like an interrogation, where there's no rapport between the guests and they don't trust each other yet, right? No, no, like so. It's
0: uh, it is what's worse is when you're in that no trust zone because you didn't do a prep call. And then you ask something personal, like, yeah, tell me, tell me about your biggest failure. Like, yeah. t- tell me your life story. What was it like as a child? And you're like, dude, we just met. So yeah. you're going to get my super scripted answer because I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know you yet.
1: Yeah. And what's, cra- what's a really good example of this is when you're listening to, um, you can go to like Ed Milet's podcast, or you can go to like Lewis Howes or Tom Billieux or any of those. Because a lot of times you, when people are launching books, they'll go to all these different podcasts and you can tell which one of those hosts either knows them personally mm. or like did a prep call beforehand because the way they'll deliver their answers, the way they'll interact, it just feels more genuine. Yeah. And the more you can have that, and so it's good to always have that prep time. Like I, I love unscripted shows, but I don't like not having that connection with people. I love getting into rapport and and understanding, you know, what makes them tick. Um, it's one reason why I like leadership so much, but it's it, it's you got to have that connection with them, or else the show is going to go off on a rocky start, uh, or you're going to ask that hard hitting question, that emotional question and they're just not going to give you a good response. It's not going to go the way you wanted it to. Uh, and then it's going to uh it happened to me once where they didn't do a prep call. There was very little back and forth uh and they just came in and like instantly asked me like hard questions. And in my mind, I'm like you're just getting downloads. That's all you're doing. You don't really care. Yeah. You know, and, and, and that's tough, even though it will happen that way, it's much better for the relationship between you and the guest when you take time to actually get to know them because you give a shit. Like that's, yeah, it's so much better for the guest experience. It's so much better for the reputation of the podcast because, uh, they'll tell their friends, they'll, yeah. they're like, Oh, this person's only out for the downloads. Um, and so that's, that's tough. Like, cause you want to build the rapport, you want to have that, but then you don't want to lose a bunch of stuff on the recording. Like I'd rather, I'd rather record a shorter episode and have a good re- connection with someone than have the total length that you need to make Apple happy. And the first 20 minutes of it, tw- 20 minutes of it being shit. Right. So yeah, it's, it's good to, again, do the prep, but don't overly script the show. Make sure you test your equipment, but spend some time with the guests to get to know them. Um, because sometimes it takes longer for people to to open up like sure i've had I've had guests, um actually recent guests where she's not of the type A mentality, sure. and it's hard for me at times to not steamroll those conversations and really allow that individual to come out. And it's actually really good for me to have those conversations sometimes because it kind of it gut checks me of like, okay, shut the hell up. Like yeah. really let this person speak their mind and, and get into who they are in the show. And, uh, but it, it's a good, good example of just getting someone different on the show and connecting with them beforehand. But we had 30, almost 30 to 40 minutes before we hit record of just getting to know each other. Wow. And it, and it takes, sometimes it takes me longer to, to match that type of personality just because of how, how I am. Um cause I used to, when I would be on podcasts, I was, I'll listen to some that I've done years ago and I'm like, Oh, I sound like such a jackass. Like <laughs> I, I sound like a clown cause I'm like overly animated and I'm like, blah, blah, and I'm like saying things so articulate. Like I've practiced the question a hundred times. I'm like, that doesn't, sure. that doesn't even resonate with me now. And that was me. And so it's, yeah. it's tough for me sometimes to do that. Cause I, 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 the old habits of stage presence and old habits of uh, reciting phone calls and, and, uh certain parts of speeches and talks and trainings and stuff that it's hard for me not to get into that mode and so i think having different types of guests do help with that but yeah i would say spend and it was a very long winded answer to your question but the prep work and stuff but it's uh you got to got to spend time to get into rapport with someone and understand who they are and how they communicate so you can you can match that uh, super super important i wouldn't say one it's, it's one of the most important things but it's really, really important to have a good show, a good conversation with people. Yeah. It
0: jump-starts things, right? I think sometimes with, with with Rogan, people think, oh, he didn't do a prep call. He's talking to someone famous. Yeah, he may not have done a prep call, but they probably spent a good 30 minutes to an hour walking around his like sick studio looking at right. weird Wolverines and flamethrowers <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and like shooting the shit. And if you also listen, he spends the first 30 minutes like they're drinking whiskey, smoking cigars. Yeah. It doesn't really get hot until... Mm-hmm. an hour in and then yeah. you're, you're really jamming unless he already knew the person and they're yeah. they're old comedy buddies or ufc yeah. otherwise he's he's cold in there too and, and it takes time so this this prep thing you're talking about, I, lo- I love the emphasis on the, the not just the prep research but the prep rapport yeah the prep connection and if you can do that i mean think about our call what i love about this show is it's so meta right because we're like talking mm-hmm. about stuff we were we were about ready to go get tequila in Mexico, right? We're, we're talking about cigars, we're talking yeah. about Scotch, and and I'm like, shit, we probably should record this, but like that, you know? Okay, we're good. Yeah. Let's let's go hit this thing. We didn't have that awkward like dating moment where you're trying to eat spaghetti and you yeah. can't in front of someone because you just met. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, screw it. I'm gonna get yep. spaghetti on my shirt. I'm that guy. Yeah, you know, whatever. Let's get into this thing. It's a great way to start the show out.
1: Yeah, it's it's really. Being a, a listener, I like I listen to podcasts all the time, listen to book on tape. And it's one of those things that you can pick up on if you listen to enough shows and you can't usually, if you can't put your finger on why a show seems to be better than other shows, if it's some off the wall topic that you never, like I listen to, uh, well, for example, the JRE show, uh, Joe Rogan show to break up my you know self-improvement or my sales and marketing information that I listen to all the time. Totally. But it's it's just a nice change of pace. But uh, when you listen to other shows, like some of them will pop up as recommended, and you'll get in there and you can't really put your finger on like why the show sucks. <laughs> and it's usually because there's no connection or rapport between the guest and the host. It's just yeah, monotoned interrogation is what it sounds like.
0: It's a big, very transactional, right? Yeah. I'm here to get the press. You're here to get the press. All right. Yeah. Let's do this. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you've heard any of the Lex Friedman shows. Have you heard any of those? Mm -mm. You're the second
1: person to bring that name up, though.
0: Yeah, he's really just blown up uh, in my mind. He was on JRE a couple times, and so I'll bro out with Rogan. But Lex, super smart guy. One time I couldn't get to sleep. I put his interview on where he interviewed like a a biochemist. Man, that night, night, Casey. You know, it was it was good. He's very smart, and so if I want to really. You know, challenge myself to listen to that. But so, but here here's something that no one talks about. He interviewed Zuckerberg, and and
1: this one Lex of the things Friedman guy. What's that? Lex, the Lex Friedman guy. Yeah, interviewed Lex, okay. Lex.
0: interviewed Mark right and and the, the, right before they got started doing anything, they're rolling, they're recording. He passes him like a robot AI check that has like pictures of cars and is like circle all the cars on here. You know, as if he's a robot. Yeah, Alex wants to make sure he's a real person at the ver- <laughs> Like, you can't do that cold with someone. Like, you know, he had to. They had some nerd rapport happening before they hit record because wh- he actually fills it out. He fills nerd it rapport. out well, during the recording. It's like anyone oh, that's yeah. not prepared for that is going to be like, "Screw you, I'm not, yeah. I'm out." Right? No, they had something going on, so that just made it fun. It made it fun.
1: Oh yeah, it's you got to know your guest. Like, it, it's he's interviewed some crazy people on here he's got kanye west on his show he's he did got... yeah
0: had Kanye, Con- yeah I-, I heard about 45 seconds of that one uh that was tough <laughs> but he literally tried to reason with him i mean Lexi's a really nice guy he talks about love all the time he's russian yeah. yeah and he always wears a black suit with a black tie he's like he's got wardrobe he's got like yeah. a costume he wears yeah it's cool uh but he tried he tried man but oof, that's funny that was rough
1: yeah it's uh and and your podcast may not the other you said it like uh, uh, likes the show will put you to sleep but and that's the other thing too is you're not your show's not going to resonate with everybody right like it's not and and that's okay like if you're if you're not comfortable with people not liking your show then don't go outdoors or don't leave your house and throw yeah. your phone away because it's like there's billions of people on the planet and if you can just get you know a couple thousand of them to enjoy your show then you can make money on your podcast too like it's all you need and so yeah. I think it's just following the framework of it, it, be genuinely interested in your in your host or in, in your guest. make sure your all of your systems function and it's easy for the the guest to get in there uh, and look to make that connection like do the work to prep ahead of time to where you actually feel like you're having a conversation with someone if you if you don't put in the effort towards that stuff, then why do you expect to have a podcast that anyone wants to listen to? Yeah, so, yeah and even imagine you know you
0: mentioned a couple thousand even the other day I had this thought with like even if I've had one download let's say they listen to the entire thing. Yeah. You know, that's an hour they spent with me. That's an actual other human, unless it's a yeah. complete simulation and you're like an, <laughs> you know, but like it's a whole nother human. It was like, yeah, I want to listen to this thing. It's like, damn, that's weird. And that's yeah. cool. And of course it, it scales and it's a thousand yeah. people or whatnot, but that's just, it's like a really cool honor to have. Yeah. That many-
1: it is. It is. Review. I remember when I got my first written review, I was like, <laughs> oh, <Uh-oh. laughs> like, well, it was like a five-star. It wasn't like a bad, I haven't gotten a bad one yet. <laughs> but I just, I remember that feeling of like, this is really cool. I wasn't expecting to get like a five-star, to have that feeling of that five-star review feel that good. I'm like, this is, I shouldn't be this excited. This thing is a massive amount of effort. It sucks the money out of me, but yes. it's so much fun to do. But I'm like, that one person Let's took the time it takes like two minutes, but like, that's so cool. Uh, so it's, it's just, it's, it's like, I feel like podcasting is like the ultimate version of dark social, right? Like if you guys have ever heard that weird terminology now, uh, it's just nothing but a giant pool of lurking individuals that just get to listen to you breathe too heavy. If you don't do your editing, right. Um, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Like you have this audience that you never see, you never hear, and they just sit and listen to you. And it's, it's really cool, but also nerve wracking at the same time. Like, uh, uh, like I mentioned his show the other uh, minute ago, Ed, Ed Milet, uh, yeah. followed him for years, big stuff, millionaire, business guy, uh, motivation, tactical really talks about mindset. And, um, he's got millions of followers just from his podcast, millions. And it's crazy. Like imagine, Imagine having a show to where the moment you launch it, your downloads for that one show is, has got commas in it, multiple commas like yeah. that. That'd be like, that's bananas. Like I'm yes. excited when one show has like a hundred downloads inside of the week that it was released. I'm like, that's right. cool. Yeah. It, it's, it's really crazy. And, and it could take one or two guests or one or two episodes that were, you know, promoted the right way. and, you can have uh audience for life, which is really cool. So totally, totally.
0: Love the shift a little bit. Um, yeah. and because this is uh it's a podcast within a podcast, yeah, uh, it's inception on yeah. the recording. Um, how is your time? Do you have more time? Do
1: you have yeah, a hard I'm good. stop? Yeah, right, I'm good.
0: Cool. And oh, you know real a- quick,
1: I would yeah. say on that for time, always add buffer times.
0: Well, that's what I want to talk about. It's okay, okay. So tell me buffer Perfect. times go for it.
1: Yeah. I, um, I, I know me, I know that I get on tangents. Uh, my wife says I like the sound of my own voice and probably true because if you edit your own podcast, you kind of have to, but, uh, I always add buffer times. I add 30 minutes. So I'll have like the scheduling link, right? Like everyone does. And Mm -hmm. it's got the link to get into Riverside and all that stuff, but I'll have it to where there's 30 minutes blocked off before and 30 minutes blocked off afterwards. So that way I'm not, like if, if you, you know, like everyone listening to this, they have a job and if they have a show, they want it, they need to record in the middle of the day. It's really tough to squeeze that in. And if you're in a meeting, if you're on a zoom call or whatever, and then it goes right up until the hour, you have to scramble and get into the recording. And then you don't have time to do any of the things we just talked about. Yeah. So I always try to buffer the time 30 minutes before 30 minutes after that way. If we go over, we can go over. Um, and maybe the guest can't stay but then that gives you 30 minutes to kind of wrap things up, write down any additional notes. You know, if there's any talking points you want to go back to, to pull from, pull for uh, like social posts. Like if you want to do, go back in there and like grab a specific clip because you thought it was really cool. Then you write that stuff down. So give yourself time in your day to where you again, prep, but then you have that debrief session too. So it's, it's really good to have that 30 minute buffer. Um, but like you just asked me if I'm good on time, don't assume that your guest can do the same thing and just continue talking, like, yeah. Just, have you ever had that? Have you ever had
0: someone bubble gets a hard stop? And it's like yeah. it's kind of embarrassing slash. just it's it sucks because like you're usually just getting into it and they're like, yeah.
1: I, gotta, I gotta go. I... <laughs> yeah, yeah. and and that's tough. Like if you don't do, uh, like if you don't do the prep call beforehand, like if you don't spend time, <clears throat> excuse me, if you don't spend time a few days before, it could be 15 to 20 minutes just to get to know each other. And you do that on that call and it's an hour invite. It's an hour time block and you spend 15 minutes of it, not recording. And then there's like that weird five minutes in the beginning. And then you may, you may get 30 to 40 minutes at it. And that could be plenty. But then if that per- if there's, you're, you're putting them in a bad spot. I remember I, um, I didn't communicate that to one guest in particular, but we did have a prep call beforehand and I feel bad. She was a brand new, she just got promoted to director of sales at this company. She'd been in the role two months and she was on the show and literally, I think we went a minute over the hour and I was able to wrap it up because I could see it on her face where I was looking at the time and I'm like, Mentally, I'm like, oh shit, we gotta go. And I literally just kind of ended the show. Luckily, she had kind of stopped talking. Maybe she was aware of the time, but I was like, perfect. You know, I wanna be respectful of your time. If there's anything else that you want to let the audience know or where they can find you, now's the time to do it. And she said it really quick and then bounced. And I stayed on to wrap up the show. And I, but I I got it. Like I saw it. I saw the time. I saw like her face and stuff. And so, she just bounced. And I was like, awesome. Thanks. I appreciate you being here. Everyone on the audience, go follow her. It was probably like 90 seconds of just me. And she was gone. Uh, And so
0: that's cool. That's cool. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Cause they don't know that they don't know she bounced, you know? Uh, But yeah, it's, it's again, you know, being preparing for that type of stuff, making sure that you've got a good way to uh, interrupt that person and let them know, like practice how you're going to do it. Um, if you're not in sales and, and if you're not the type A person who talks to humans all day every day, you should practice these things. Practice um, lead-in questions. Practice transition questions. Practice your opener, your opening line, your intro. Practice, you know, uh, your exit. Conference. Like all of these things, you should you should have them ready to go so you don't fumble over yourself and yeah. feel like you sound like an idiot because no one really cares. It's only you that care about how you sound at the end of the day. Cause something I tell my kids is people don't really think about you the way you think they think about you. So yeah. you're always in your own head. And so if you don't prepare, you're setting yourself up for failure and then it comes through in your tone and your mannerism. So I would say to do these things, these transition questions, these subtle nudges for guests to continue talking or wrapping a, a meeting or a call up uh, practice that stuff that way you're prepared and ready to go.
0: Yeah. Have a squared away. I love, I love the idea of starting super clear and squared away and then ending the same way. If you can, that happened to me too the other day with someone who, who had to bounce and you know, what I want to avoid is like a K by phone conversation, (laughs) hang up, right? Okay. Take care. Okay. Bye. You know, you're like, (laughs) "Uh, this is kind of a podcast, but yeah, yeah, I did a little bit. I didn't do 90 seconds, but I did a little bit of a, all right, everyone, this has been, I did my ending, but yeah, you want to,
1: Do you do like a housekeeping thing before you get into it? Like before you hit record, uh, do you like do house, like when you do, like when people do webinars, like a couple of housekeeping tips, like the message box over here, the, before you hit record them, do you like, what do you tell them about how it ends and distributed and stuff?
0: Yeah, it's a good question. Um, I usually try to address those things on the prep. Okay. So before hitting record on the show, I just like to uh, remind people how the beginning starts, so we don't step yeah. on each other there. Like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna introduce you. You say hi. I'll tell people the theme, and then I'm gonna ask you that first question. The yeah. first question is X. And last time on the prep, you said why was your in- just so that they've got a sense for oh yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Um, and then on the end, I don't usually let them know, but I actually have it and and we'll experience it here. I have it mapped out mm-hmm. so that you know exactly when you should talk. Yeah, and, and I sort of like him controlling it. Yeah. Um, Jedi style so that it just, it cleanly ends so that yeah. you don't necessarily need to do anything, but you'll experience it momentarily.
1: No, um, I, I appreciate yeah. the clarity, uh, on that note. Uh, the reason, one of the reasons why it's really good to do that housekeeping stuff and we'll have to do like a quick bulleted list of all six or 17 of these things we're talking about, but <laughs> yeah, totally. The, the housekeeping thing is really important because uh, we're talking about ending the show, ending the podcast. One, it's really important to know when to end it, um, but you want to tell them how it's going to end. Are they mm-hmm. supposed to stay on after you stop recording? Are like, are That's a great point, right? Like little things like great that, because because I've had I've had ones where I hit uh, stop and then they just bounce. I'm like, oh, it just bounced. Like, okay, my bad. And I've done that too. Like I've done that to where uh I was on a podcast uh where she does this whole production like super super nice she's she's uh I think she has a uh, I think it was called Not Your CMO or is it In- anyways but I I just left because the way she had set it up was it was like a YouTube transition screen for that like a, a like a um had that whole nice productive uh, production vibe to it and I just I left after 5 seconds because that was the ending was that thing because but I didn't know I didn't know that I was going to stay on and I get an email from her she's like hey so sorry to let you know that we're going to stay on for a couple minutes and talk about distribution like where it's going to go and I'm like oh like that that would be cool to add to my show and that that <laughs> Let talk, me know that especially yeah, it's weird yeah.
0: confusing sort of like YouTube
1: Yeah. You don't know whether to stay on there or not. Yeah. So that's good. Like a really good housekeeping thing of just letting them know, like, here's the, here's the logistics. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to get an email when the show comes out. It's not going to be from me. You know, if you guys, if someone on the show is using a production company, you know, the email is going to come from this person who works with me. It's going to have this and this and like really work on communicating transparency. And here's, here's the cool part about that. Uh, and this is something that I coach sales reps on, when you set the intentions for that call and you ex- you communicate that level of ec- uh, cl- like clear communicating expectations, it gives them permission to do the same thing with you. So that way, when you're talking to them in your show and you're asking them questions, they know the standard. They know that Oh, I can be clear. I can be concise because you just showed them how to do that by setting the expectations on on the housekeeping stuff. So it's, it's, it does a couple of things when you do that. It feels controlling when you first do it. You're like, oh, hey, we're going to do this. We're going to do this, this, when we wrap up, we're going to do this and this. But it, it sets that standard for how the conversation can go so you can have more of a visceral interaction with them.
0: And, you know, you can't, you can't over communicate expectations, right? And especially who knows? I mean, a podcast is like an art form. We could, sit, I joked that one day we're just going to sit there with microphones and eat a bag of chips and like people would listen, <laughs> right? Probably scarily more listens to the bag of chips, yeah, podcast say. Than sales or marketing <laughs> shows, but like, you know, it's, they don't know what's going to happen. So you yeah. back to your thing on assumption, yeah. don't assume that they're going to just know how to open, close all the things, how it goes, right? What energy are you going to have? Yeah. Bring your A game, your B game. Yeah. Uh, one <laughs> quick thing. You, you block off an hour. Is that what you mm-hmm. do?
1: Blocked uh, off an hour with the buffers yeah. on either side for you? Yeah. So I, I block, I send the, the invites for, for an hour and then I go in and add 30 minutes before and after on my calendar. Uh, and I and again, that's part of housekeeping. I let them know. Like I try to let yeah. them know ahead of time, like, hey, I have 30 minutes blocked off after this, just in case we go over and much like you did for me, uh, I'll ask them like, hey, you need to be out of here at the top of the hour. And if it's a yes, then I'll keep uh look at the clock. So that way- yeah. I can let them know, or if I need if I want to jump to a question or maybe they said something earlier in the conversation, I was like, Hey, we're respectful of time, but I want to get to this point earlier. You mentioned X, like help me help the audience understand that. So it gives you that ability mm-hmm. to control the conversation, be respectful of their time. and will create a good experience. So there's a lot of stuff going on, on a show that you need to pay attention to the prep work, the setup, yeah. uh, paying attention to time, you know, it. It's going to, it takes a while to kind of get into that, but what helps is being guests on other people's shows too. Like yeah, the more, the more you can be guests on other shows, especially in the early days and taking notes about what you like, what's weird, what you don't like, and then doing practice runs with yourself on that. I'm really big into role plays, uh, with like sales reps and stuff. And so I got that habit of, all right, this is new for me. I'm going to go and try it. This is new for me. I'm going to go and yeah. try it. Uh, so it's, it's re- really important. Like write it all down, run yourself through the process, go and be on other shows. uh, But yeah. Are you making a
0: move toward more and more short form? I think we might've chatted about that a little bit.
1: Oh yeah. That's a, uh, that's a, that's a good topic. Uh, So I, when I first started my show, uh, which is selling SaaS podcast, it was originally called the sales leader network. And the concept was to not be tactical with, with sales leaders. Because like everyone and their mom seems to have a playbook on cold calling, or here here are the three things you need to do to close a demo. Like everyone yeah. seems to be overly tactical. And I'm like, no one's talking. We kind of mentioned earlier about the journey, their 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 specific origin story. And like no one has insights or experience on what it's like getting to become a VP of sales or a CRO or you know, if you've gone through the ranks or whatever. And so that was what the show was about. It was, what is their origin story? What what was their, you know, first failure as a sales manager and really unpacking the things that nobody really talks about. And that was 45 minutes to an hour. Hell, one of them was 90 minutes, but we cut it up into two-part episode. Uh, and that was actually one of the more popular series anyways. I think there was like an anticipation thing. But the feedback that i got from listeners and people that i know that listen to the show so this is one reason why listening to your audience is good is they are b2b professionals they're at work and they're no longer commuting they're not sitting in their cars they're not you know driving between lunch like lunches and all that stuff and so they weren't able to listen to it as much as they wanted to because right they don't have that anymore. Whereas if, if that was the format, maybe three years ago, it probably would have done a lot better because the data behind was like the listens were dropping off like after 10, 15 minutes, but that was because they would do it in between phone calls. So what I did is I, uh, a couple things. One, I shortened it up. I took them. I, I, are still 45 minute to an hour long recording session. So we'll still block off the hour but I, I'll i have them edited down to six or seven clips that are like five mm. to 10 minutes long. So the whole, the yeah. intro of the podcast is, um, get you know, like qu- quick hits in 10 minutes or less, you know, and so people can get in there and, um, they're literally it's, it's the question and then the answer to that question. And so it's part of that conversation. Some of the clips are like full seven, eight, seven or eight long minutes. Uh, or some of them are real quick, two or three minute long episodes. But the goal is so that way people can listen to the 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 impactful parts of the show in their own time frame, and then it's not it's not like and th- this is something I'm experimenting with right now is let's say you have that show with you know John Doe, um, horticulturalist person, whatever your topic is, and it's an hour long episode that you record, but then you have it edited down to eight episodes. Normally you would think of just, okay, just play one through eight on Monday. We launch one and then Tuesday, we launch two and Wednesday, Thursday, so on and so forth. Um, I realized that actually doesn't work that well. People won't, they don't anticipate it. So it's, I actually break it up. So I'll have, Mm -hmm. I'll do the recording, but then I, I'm always three weeks ahead. So I can mix things up. And so I'll, I'll put the first episode from one guy on a Tuesday and then I'll do the seventh episode from a different guest on the Wednesday and then the third episode. So I'll, I'll break it up. I'll try to keep. Yeah. So it's, it's chat more challenging to do that. Um, But it's, it keeps the shows uh, uh, different. So it's a different tone from the guest. It's, Similar topics, like I'm, I'm trying to narrow. I'm trying to get it to where it's, a, it's like a weekly topic for you know uh, revenue acquisition strategies and stuff. So like maybe one week it's all about something like product led growth, and here's all the conversations I've had over the last few weeks with people about product led growth. Or next week it could be uh, uh, um, paid campaign marketing for SaaS companies, and so all week sure. it's all the conversation. So I'm, I'm experimenting with that right now. Uh, but it's yeah. So I went from the long form and then went to the short form based on. Um, feedback from listeners and audience and stuff. And so I've been doing that since the beginning of October 22.
0: Huh. Now you said that a lot of this came from some great feedback. Yeah. And earlier we said we don't usually get feedback. So when you get some, it's like, thank thank you. Mm -hmm. What can I, how can I help you here? Like, I love the change. Please give me feedback. Right. So you got this feedback. Curious though, have your tastes for consumption changed or is this, entirely purely for
1: said audience? Really good question. And here's why. Your podcast isn't for you. Mm. And that was the pill I had to swallow with this feedback because I was producing a show that I would have listened to. But if you're not the ideal audience or listener, then you can't look at it through that lens it's just like the business founder who builds this product but then their customers are telling them telling him that he needs something else and he doesn't listen and then the business goes under because he's not taking the feedback and iterating on his pro- same thing right. uh and yeah it was it, it, it was um but my consumption side of it to answer your question a little bit more directly is that hasn't changed i don't listen to short form shows i i like listening to long form podcasts i go on long walks uh, once a day, where it's thirty to forty-five minutes, and that's what I listen to. And I go on runs or on bike rides, or um, if I'm in my gym, I listen to those podcasts. And so I, my my habits haven't really changed in that yeah. area. Uh, and so it's it's hard to make that separation. It's hard to to do that and not do what you want to do. Uh, it's definitely a, a challenge to make that adjustment. But my consumption, my listening habits. I still listen to forty-five minute to an hour-long episodes. Sometimes ninety, depending on what we're doing. But yeah, it's it's an it's an interesting kind of situation to be in.
0: Tell me, did that change? You mentioned like a particular t- moment when that changed when it, when when did that realization happen? Where the show isn't for you that
1: you aren't the the audience. Uh, I'd say probably August or September of twenty two. Um, recently. Yeah, so it was it was uh it was a uh, because so interesting. I had a conversation like when you guys have podcasts and all of a sudden you start and you start getting a little bit of traction, all of a sudden everyone wants to be your production company. Like they nice. call you, they email you, they market to you, like all that stuff. You get blown up on LinkedIn DMs and all that stuff to where people's like, "We can make your podcast better. We can get you 100,000 downloads in 3 hours." Like everyone's trying to do it. And I only it's it's really annoying. <laughs> I'm a sales guy, and I'm telling people it's annoying. But it's uh, I I got the feedback from one person who was a guest on my show from the very beginning, and I had asked him on the show. No, it was not on the show, but I had asked him afterwards when we stopped recording. I was like, "What are what are some shows you really like?" And two out of the three were short form, and I didn't even think anything of it. I didn't even like think to dig into it. I was just you know. Excited from the show that we just did, really good episode. Uh, I still get good sound bites from that one. I think it was like the first show I did, but he said it then and then didn't listen to anything, didn't didn't change anything, continue the process. And then I did a poll on LinkedIn um mm-hmm. pr- I think like July where it was it was what are your I asked the question of uh what length do you like your podcast to be, right? And I gave the options. It was like ten minutes, thirty minutes, forty five hour. And most of them were in that shorter bracket of 15 and 30, really? which was really int- which interesting. And so really interesting. I, I almost don't want to believe it. Like I, I mean, it's tough for me to do it too. Rogan's like, three hours, which yeah. I now,
0: I call that a unit measurement of a uh, Rogan. That's one, one, one million. Rogan <laughs> three hours long.
1: Well, it's, it comes down to like, what is, what is your podcast for? Like, what are right. you doing? Like, if it wasn't yeah, like I went into it originally with, I'm doing this with no intention of ever running an ad with no intention of making money from it i want this cuz it was it was meant to be like the starting ground of promoting my stuff everywhere else and so it's going to be that free consumption thing where it's like i'm never going to i'm not here to sell you you know anything like that now that seems to be like the favorite thing that people say on podcasts but it started turning into this thing where it was like, hey, you talk about things that not a lot of other podcasts talk about. You get into these things and he's like, it'd be a really good platform for this. I'm like, no, no, no. And then, so I did the poll just to to check. Um, and then I got feedback from a friend of mine who has a, who has a podcast that's got like 60,000 60, subscribers that is yeah, in sales. Um, he used to be part of the company sales cast and 60,000. I'm like, Holy crap, I didn't even realize these are tight, because he had a very kind of similar, uh, he talked to more sales reps and I talked to more like VPs and stuff. He was like, I had the same thing. He, He used to be used to call used to be called sales hustle was the podcast a long time ago. And then they transitioned it. And he was like, Yeah, I did the short form stuff out of out of accident, um, just because he started running out of guests and he was super busy with work. And so they started releasing snippets of previous episodes that mm. didn't really have, much, and then all of a sudden it started to like grow. And he was like, that's all I do now. Uh, and so it then it made me really look at who are my, who's my audience, who, who is listening to this and who's going to benefit from this. And yeah. then what is their, what is their consumption habits like? And started doing a little more research on that and started asking questions and reaching out to people that I know that meet that. And it's like, Hey, if there was a podcast, and I would just ask people, it's like, Hey, if there was a podcast that was, you know, under 10 minutes that gave you, you know, that, that tactical information about X, would that be something that's easier to consume? And, there, and it was like resounding. Yes. I think there was like one person that said no. Um, but it was just interesting. Cause I, I don't like that. I that's, Right. I don't I don't like that. I like longer form. I like hearing the Same. whole conversation. But uh it's it's just interesting because I, I always wonder even now when they're edited, because I have an editing company do it. I'm always wondering like, what are the things that are missed? Like out of that hour long recording, what's not being heard on there? So one day I'll go back through all of them, but um yeah, it's it, it's been interesting because then there's more there's more editing that's done per show because then you have to, if you have an outro and an intro type thing, then those have to be added in there. It's, uh, multiple postings you have to do every day. Like if you don't, if you don't have a, uh, a process to sit down and schedule them out, like it becomes a little more daunting. Like if you promote the show at all, you have to produce multiple, multiple types of social content. Like it is a process and a half. Um, yeah. but I've gotten some pretty good feedback on it so far. And we've been doing it for two months now. I think there's like 40, 40 or 50 short form shows that are on there. And it's been, been going uh, pretty decently. And my my friend who has this 60,000 followers, 65,000 follower show, I asked him the other day and I was like, Hey man, like I've I've gotten kind of a dip on followers and blah, blah. blah. And he's like, how long you been doing this now? I was like, we've been running this format for two months. He's like, not nearly long enough. Mm-hmm. Like how long do you need to be running it? And he was like, you should be doing it like this for six months. He's like, if six months goes by and you haven't gotten more traction than you have now, then we can talk about formatting. But he was like, not enough time. Not enough. A, not a big enough sample size in terms of date and time being in the market with that to even consider yeah. changing something. I was like, shh, all right,
0: yeah, full speed ahead, man. Wow. So, so on this perfect tie to the last question, mm. um, and actually, before we get to that, um, I I went half Rogan on my marketing show. I've recently brought it back to an hour. Yeah, but I'm really tempted to to go half Rogan on this show because yeah. I'm just so fascinated, and sometimes. You just want that time. And I know yeah. you've got that 30 buffer, but I'm I'm I also good. want the, the guest you know, to
1: buffer it. What's up? Yeah. If you want to keep going, I can keep going.
0: Oh no, no we're actually doing that. Like so, so yeah. when we're we're done here in a few minutes, it will be an hour and a half. Yeah. Uh, which is which is hilarious. Yeah, so I didn't realize how much time we because it's <laughs> it's it's a fantastic topic, right? It's like yeah. so interesting. But yeah. here's my final question for you. If we were to chat again, and we should definitely do this, um, hmm. 50 episodes from now, right? A podcast year if you're only going once a week. Yeah. Uh, We chat again. What do you want that future show to look like when we chat that next time? Where do you want it to be 50
1: shows from now? Well, you know, 100,000 followers would be great. (laughs) All right. Um, Nice. But it's... I was thinking about this the other day, actually. I really like where it's at. I like... I kind of like the short form... I like the the conversations that we're having. Um, some of them have been really, really, really deep, really impactful I wouldn't say controversial, but they're really good topics. Yeah. Uh, but it's I think more 100,000 followers would be really great in a year's time. you know, it's possible, obviously. but I, I would love to get better better at the content from the show. Like I don't, I don't struggle with getting guests. Um, I do most of my own booking. I tried having someone else do it, but it just doesn't feel real. Uh, I like doing look like doing my own booking. And then yeah, I'd, I'd want to do better about repurposing the content from the show. I think that's, that's the big thing. Cause I like the conversations. Uh, I don't feel like it's work, uh, especially since I don't have to do all the editing. <laughs> um, all right. When it was me, it was like three hours each episode. I was like beating my head against the wall. Um, it's, it's tough, especially if you use audition, like if you don't run a Mac, like, oh my gosh, it's quite the process, but the, yeah, I want to get better about repurposing the content, not for, not just for promoting a show to get more followers and stuff. But when you get into that flow state with somebody, you get, you have such a good conversation with them. And it's, it's almost a shame that more of it doesn't get shared on the different platforms, whether it's short form video on things like YouTube shorts or TikTok or whatever, like I really want to get better. And that's literally, that's what I'm trying to do right now is uh, I'm getting a VA that will help repurpose some of the uh, video and audio clips and stuff. Um, But it's, I want to get better about repurposing the content that comes from it, like looking, looking a year out from now, like I, I would love to be able to have like the YouTube version of it to where maybe we have, there is the full hour recording, but on the podcast side of it, it is the five, seven minute clips. And, but then on YouTube, it's the full hour that people can go experience the whole thing. And nice, you know, so it's like getting really good about distributing and repurposing it instead of just doing the one thing and calling it, calling it good. I feel like there's so much power in being able to communicate to people in the way that they like to do their consumption, like you were talking about earlier, and I feel like that limits a lot of people in their reach, in being heard, and the level of yeah. impact that they have. Um, but I, I want, I think the goal of the show is like I really want to help more startup founders understand the reality of scaling, like revenue acquisition, where it's not. It's not as simple as you know a lot of these late stage companies talk about. It's not, and so I I don't know what that means just yet. But it's the goal is to help people in the startup arena to truly understand. Here's the actual work it takes, and so maybe that's you know invite to speak at a conference about working with uh, startups, or maybe it's it's having certain guests on the show like a Jason Lemkin or like a Mark Roberge or. Uh, like people yeah. of people in that, and maybe your audience don't know who they are, but, uh, I or do. they do. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's having guests on the show that really make an impact to the people that hear them. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's one thing to be able to just schedule anybody, but, and they, and I'm not saying that guests that don't have a social presence aren't important, but I want to be able to have that time to where. I have the stage with them. I have the ability to ask them those questions and really help more people through uncertain, hard times. Right? Because yeah. whether we're heading into an economic winter or a recession right now, or whatever your perception on it is, like we need to get better about controlling the truth around what's shared on media and and social it's media true. and the news. Uh, and so it's it's not like I'm you know trying to fight politics and all that crap, but it's like in the VC world right now, layoffs and like all these things and people are scrambling and freaking out. And it's like, whoa, it's literally a small pocket of the tech community that's doing that. And it's just getting way overblown out. I mean, yes, it's really bad. Layoffs are horrible, but it's like, you've got all these other companies that aren't having problems at all. But yet we're talking about oh, we're in this huge recession. I'm like, recession has not even started yet. This right. is nowhere near where we were at in 08, which is one of the worst economic things in, in history, where people are complaining about oh, interest rates are going up. I'm like, you weren't alive in 08 to know what bad interest rates are. Like, true. When we when we get back up to nine and 10%, then we can start complaining because that's what it was back. So it like I, I that's my goal. It's like I want to have to have such a greater impact. Like, cool. If we run ads, awesome. Like that's always a revenue stream um but i would rather promote my own stuff like my own course content and right. push people to the content and have the impact on it because i think if you're getting into podcasting just to make money it's going to be really hard for you i think it's a long road oh it's so long like it's um it takes a long time to get a single review even if you ask for it on every show it takes a long yeah. time for it to get traction for you know, to understand how the importance of SEO inside of the show notes, like all of these things. And it just, unless you've been on another show that's done really, really well, it takes six, nine, 12 months to get any traction and you'll be 300 episodes deep. And then all of a sudden you get going. Um, And so it's anyways, so 50 episodes out or a year in podcasting, you know, hundred thousand followers, the impact of certain types of guests that I can have on the show um not even thinking about ads or anything like that but if it does get to a revenue stream then that's great but I, I again like i'm looking for the impact i'm looking for the types the type of material and conversations that we can have that truly help founders and and people in those startups to get the truth and the reality of what it actually takes to go build a multi million dollar saas company
0: Yeah. You're gathering this data. You, you want to help people, man. I'm totally getting that. I I think that that noble purpose really is what drives such good results in the future is when you genuinely want to help people, want to see them succeed. And then just like you can tell when they're not curious, I think you can tell when they really do want to help you. And so that is so powerful, man. Where can people reach out? Where can they get in touch? What's the show? Yeah. Most URLs. What's the jam?
1: Um, anywhere on social, uh, just search my name, Dwayne default, uh, most active and engage on, on LinkedIn. Uh, that's, that just seems to be where B2B professionals are. You can literally search my name on any, it's the same on Twitter. It's the same on Facebook, the same on OnlyFans. Now, Hey, you never know. You gotta have a password for that one. Uh, <laughs> you you can watch me eat chips. I'm just kidding. Each uh, <laughs>
0: <only
1: pick. laughs> but, awesome. Yeah. It's the same name everywhere. My business name and the podcast name, even if, like if you go on Apple podcast or PodLink or something and search, my name it will pop up. It's just selling SAS. That's just, you know, the word selling and then SAS S A S, but you can go to Dwayne You can go to selling SAS.io just, that's the, that's a tricky part because someone else owned the com, which was great, but I've got things everywhere. You know, I've got online course content coming out for you know, helping people get into tech sales and then into uh, sales leadership, but constantly doing things different, uh, uh, speaking engagements into 23. And then we release an episode every single day on the Selling SaaS podcast. So again, they're you know, five to seven minute clips, and it's a different uh, guest every day. And we try to keep it to topics that are around go-to-market strategies for marketing, sales, product-led, product-led growth, that type of stuff.
0: Love that. Go-to-market, let's go. Yeah. You, you may be seen again on the hardcore marketing show, (laughs) right? Talk, go to market, which is a popular topic over there. So dude, awesome. Thank you so much for coming on here, schooling me up. I've got so much notes. I've been learning a bunch. Uh, You know, you get, you get some people together and you just talk about how you approach things. I, I learned a lot from your research. And also I really learned a lot about not only not making assumptions, but what is the context around the answer? And with that being the case, you'll never get bored again. So thanks for coming on here, man.
1: I really appreciate it. It was fun. And hopefully everyone that's listening, one, they're still on this long into the show, but that they're able to take at least, if someone listening to this can take one or two things from it and be able to apply it to their podcast and be able to see some traction with it, then I've done my job. They don't have to apply everything because there's a lot of stuff, but if they can take one thing away and see some results from it, then my life Goal is fulfilled. <laughs> hell yeah.
0: Hell yeah. And for those listening, if you did learn something, and I mm. freaking know you did, because I literally have two pages of notes over here, ran out <laughs> of room, right? Nice. Drawing in the margins, uh, <laughs> then share this with someone else. Be a thought leader. One yeah. person, three people, 9,000 people. Yeah. That's how it is. Just get good information in other people's hands with that. Dwayne, you are the man, sir. Let's chat again. You. Let's have you back on your nine more times to just geek yeah. out on the
1: topic. Awesome. Casey, super appreciate you, man. I'm looking forward to the next one.
0: Hell yeah. Right. With that, everyone, that has been another, by the way, that was my exit. See the back and forth <laughs> and everything. So perfect. yeah, you didn't need to know about it. You just sort of like, you came through it with me. Yeah, um, It was like it, respond and answer kind of, anyways, that's, that's the <laughs> exit. Uh, but this is a meta show. So we can talk all about those things. Anyways, this has been an cool, cool, fun episode of yeah. creating the greatest show. We will see you all next time.
1: Awesome. Talk to you guys later. Bye.
0: See that was like a that was like a cell phone ending right there. (laughs) Oh, we did so much the last word, dude. What are you jumping (laughs) in? You trying to ruin my ending? (laughs) That's when you get two hosts together. It's tough not to, right? You get two hosts together. This is crazy. This is the after party. We'll see you guys. (laughs) (laughs) And next time doesn't have to be next week. Life's too short, and we have way too much to talk about. Find show notes full of takeaways, lessons, and links at creatingthegreatestshow.com.